You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. Right before we started recording, right before... The tech savvy at risk youth gave me the finger that prompts me to flap my gums. You know, the point at me, not any sort of actual fingering. They said it's podcast number 192 and Dan go. And it occurred to me that Jesus fucking Christ, we're doing this for almost four fucking years. Now, when I travel and talk at colleges, I get a lot of questions from the tech savvy at risk youth in the audiences about the tech savvy at risk youth here with me in the studio. And it occurs to me as the podcast approaches year four, that some of the tech-savvy at-risk youth aren't so youthful anymore, that they're really getting kind of long in their teeth. And perhaps it's time to menudo it up. We need to swap out some of these elderly tech-savvy at-risk youth for some fresher, perhaps, tech-savvier, more at-risk, riskier youth. They're crying. They're all assembled around me, and they all are making the fake tears run down there. Not so smooth cheeks anymore, guys. When the time comes, when the red crystals on their palms begin to flash and they have to go down to the arena and be exploded, I'll let everybody out there know first that uh, they can apply to be a tech-savvy at-risk youth since so many people seem so anxious uh, to serve me in any possible way. Your questions in a minute. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a bisexual male in Texas, and my girlfriend has been pretty jealous of me hanging around my gay male friends, and recently I had one actually proposition me, which was way out of line. Um... And she was pretty upset about it. And she wasn't just upset at him, even though I hadn't done anything. She was kind of upset at me. She eventually apologized. Well, a week later, she had some friends come into town that, from college that she hadn't seen a while, in a while. And she ended up having a, playing a game of spin the bottle where she ended up kissing a girl that had shown interest in her before. She's also bisexual. And she seemed remorseful about it. And she kind of told me that it meant nothing and that... She cares for me a lot and said everything, you know, basically short of that she loved me and that I'm the only person romantically for her and that this was just a game they were playing and she hoped I wasn't upset about it. And I guess I was just wondering if I should be upset about it, considering that she kind of holds me to a higher standard. You should be upset about her hypocrisy, A, and B, what it foreshadows, what's coming, what the, you know, what it portends for your future together. As is often the case with these jealous types, they're projecting onto their partners what they know they themselves are capable of. She was looking at you out with these gay guys and being hit on by one of them and going, he could cheat on me. And she knew that or feared that because she knew that given the right set of circumstances, she was prepared, ready, willing, and able to cheat on you. She was worried that you would do what she would do in those circumstances. So what do you do? Well, you know, I think you forgive her. I think you take her back. But you have to rub her fucking nose in it. Not in a douchey, assholey, forever way. But you need to get her to see what she was actually doing, that she was projecting her shit onto you. And in future, you will not put up with that. She needs to get a handle on her own jealousy. She needs to not 
look at you and see her own sins and then bat you about the head for her own shortcomings. And she needs to not act like a jealous douchebag. The behavior she engaged in, if we reverse the genders here, you're out at a party, you're a woman with some straight guys, a straight guy hits on you, your boyfriend is furious with you. That is a typical, you know, typically identified as a red flag for an abusive personality, abusive potential relationship, abusive potential partner. That kind of faulting or punishing, you know, your partner who got hit on for something they had no control over. And then, you know, induces in your partner a certain sort of crazy paranoia insecurity about leaving the house because, oh, my God, am I getting hit on again and then I'm in trouble with my partner again. She needs to recognize that as well and she needs to knock it the fuck off. That doesn't mean that she won't have her irrational moments. But when she has them, you need to be able to say, remember, this is your bullshit, insecurity, irrational crapola that I'm not going to put up with. And you said that when this happened in future, I was to remind you of the girl you kissed. And you were going to back the fuck off. If she can get there, you should forgive her. You should take her back if you want to, if you love her, if she's you know putting up with this. Because this will rise to the surface again and again. And you'll have to bat it down again and again. And if that's a price of admission that you're willing to pay to ride her ride, then pay it. But only you know if that's a price that you're willing to pay. Hi, Dan. I am a 32-year-old woman. I've been with my husband for about seven years. And when we first got together or when it became obvious that it was going to be serious, uh, we agreed that we would not have children. I had never wanted children and he was agreeable to that. But uh, about five years into the relationship, he changed his mind and, and becoming a father became really important to him. So we compromised and uh, I agreed to have a baby, which I did and she's wonderful. She's about a year and a half old. Uh, while I was pregnant, we then made a different plan, which was that um, he would have a vasectomy after I had the baby. Initially, we agreed that when she was two years old, um, he would have a vasectomy if I had not changed my mind about wanting another child, which I knew I would not. Um, and then as time went on, you know, I had the baby, she was young we kind of changed that agreement and uh, I really did not want to continue taking my birth control pill. I've been taking the pill since I was 17 years old. I'm really ready to be all done with that. So he then said, okay, uh, when her first birthday rolls around, um, I'll do it. And the first birthday has come and gone. He, he then changed his mind. He said he wasn't ready and he kind of balked. And so now I'm sort of stuck in this situation. Um, I think our relationship is great and healthy. He knows that this is really bothersome to me. I very much would like to stop taking my pill, but I don't want to risk getting pregnant. And I got pregnant really easily the first time, immediately after I stopped taking my pill. And um, he hasn't exactly articulated his reasons about not wanting to do it. When I press him, he just says it doesn't feel right. He needs more time. And I feel like this is unfair. Um, I made a, a huge compromise to have a child. I'm glad I did it, but I do view it as a compromise. And I feel like now it's his turn. So what do I do? So I just listened to your call. Uh, Are you pregnant? Have there been any developments since you recorded your call? No. (laughs) No developments. And no, I'm not pregnant. No developments, no vasectomies. No, none. (laughs) Okay, I have a question that is really inappropriate and unfair according to the Texas okay. Area Rescue. Did you Uh-oh. have a C-section? 
I did not. I had a natural home birth. A natural home birth. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. non-fat yogurt of you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Has it occurred, you know, has he, your your weasel husband who won't get the snip, has he floated the idea or has it occurred to you that you could have your tubes tied? Um, it has occurred to me, yeah. We haven't talked about it. And I did, I looked into it a little. And from the research I did, that looks like a much more serious and invasive procedure. It is much more serious, much more invasive. There is, you know, it's much more expensive. Uh, Complication rates are higher. Yes. But you're the one who doesn't want to have babies ever again. (laughs) You're the one who wants to stop taking hormonal birth control. And it seems pretty, you know, like an option you might want to consider because you can seize control of your reproductive destiny pretty emphatically and uh, with, with finality by going in and getting your tubes tied. Yeah, no, I know. It's true. And and my hesitation around it would not be about the finality of it, because I am absolutely certain about not having more kids. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I guess, and I, I am not a man, so I, there's a lot about this that I probably don't get, but it feels to me like it's a pretty minor procedure. The risks are low. Yeah, it is, except for one thing, and maybe your husband is afraid to bust this out, because it, <laughs> it, it, would, it would scare you around the reproduction thing. Even guys yeah. who don't want to have babies, even guys who've had all the children that they want to have, can be kind of emotionally and erotically invested in the power of their spunk. In the, you know, in the seed. They're not so interested in the yeah. seminal fluid. It's the seed <laughs> that gives it its sort of erotic emotional resonance. So yeah. sometimes the ask around a vasectomy is, you know, a higher hurdle to clear than a lot of women think it might be right because they're not taking that into account and you know boners are brain dependent boners are emotional (laughs) state dependent like a lot of guys boners happen because they're kind of psyched out and psyched up about how you know massively wonderfully powerful their (laughs) little dick is and you know the blood course you know pumping into it and how hard it is and the shit flying out of it what it means and it means something different when the seed is removed yeah and I'm not excusing him, like the Texas Avengers Youth are shooting me daggers right now. I'm not excusing him. You know, he made a commitment to you to get snipped, and it's a much more it's much more easily done. Yes. But. But are you with me on like sort of you know I made this compromise. I'm really glad I did, but I feel like he's not holding up his end of the bargain. And you know, I think sex life is great right now. We have a lot of it, considering we have a one year old, but it's starting to have an impact because when we start to get into it, this comes up for me and mm-hmm. I get annoyed. And have you talked about this with him? What does he say yes. besides not by wanting to kick it down the road further? Does he say anything that I just said? No, no. He says basically he just wants to wait a little longer. He says that he knows I'm not going to change my mind, but that he just wants to wait. I don't know. It's been really hard to get a really straight answer out of him. And and I think now, because I've brought it up a number of times, it's a little bit of a loaded conversation. Maybe and, you know, what's really, what, what you're, the, the precipice, the edge that you're dancing around also is him beginning to, if, if his reluctance is tied to some psychological dependence on the seed and his spunk being powerful, and that gives him his boner, you're really dancing on the edge of him seeing you as kind of castrating. 
which isn't something you want to introduce no unless he's a eunuch fetishist <laughs> no which he probably isn't no. and, and i'm not excusing him reneging on his end of the deal yeah but it yeah. sounds like you guys need to he you need to give him permission to say whatever it really is and you yeah. need to back way the fuck up to the negotiating table yeah. Around it. And if he, you know, if he can, if he, if he told you, I'm afraid that if I do this, I'll never get an erection ever again. Oh, I would feel differently. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully he'll listen to the show and then he'll know to say that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I would. I would feel differently because in my mind, and maybe I'm just misreading it, but in my mind, it's been kind of like he's hoping I'm going to change my mind. Perhaps it's that wait. too. And then if it's that, you know, if he wants to throw that out there and who knows, you might change your mind. He can toddle down to the sperm bank and get some loads frozen, if that's the issue. Yeah. And how old is he? That's a good idea. How old is he? He's, um, 38. Okay, so the odds are that, you know, he's not thinking, in 10 years I'll be with somebody else and she might want children. I, wouldn't, I don't think so. And no. how long have you guys been together? Almost 10 years. Okay, so I would say, get some loads frozen. If the concern is changing your mind, but also you might have to accept that his, you know, the way he understands his erotic power and the way sex mm-hmm. works for him, that it's tied to the all powerful seed yeah. in his spunk. And if you take that magic ingredient out, he's going to find sex much less interesting and boners, much harder to come by. <laughs> and that might be right. a trade off that you don't want to make. Right. Do you no, like his hard good. dick? <laughs> Very much. Well, then you might yeah. have to live with it being. Potent. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's really good advice. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Good luck. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com, and enter Savage at checkout. I was in, a, in an emotionally abusive relationship, but I, I was wondering, you know, I've talked to, like, a therapist, and I was told that I shouldn't stay away from dating until I can love myself again and I was wondering what the fuck that means um you know how long should I wait before I can even think about dating again um I'm kind of interested in somebody and somebody somebody is interested in me but I'm not I don't know if it means that because of my experience I won't be able to give like put into the relationship what I should be putting into it. I don't know what the fuck your therapist means either, but you have to wait until you can love yourself again. That sounds like uh, Oprah 101 bullshit. Let's set that aside. I'm in a successful long-term relationship and I despise myself. So I don't see the relationship there. You have to wait until you're ready and you get to decide when you're ready. Your therapist gives you advice. It is not binding arbitration, just like the shit that comes out of my mouth on this show. Not binding arbitration. It's just advice. And then you get to decide what you're going to do. If there's a guy who's interested in you and you feel like you're ready and you want to pursue it, pursue it. Overrule your therapist. He works for you. You pay him. And then you can keep 
chatting with him or her and seeing him or her. And he can hold your hand as you, you know, embark on this relationship. And if it doesn't work out, it didn't work out. But you know what? You can't blame yourself or not loving yourself quite so passionately or overruling your therapist if it doesn't work out because most relationships don't work out, whether you've just gotten out of an emotionally abusive relationship or not, whether you're over ignoring your therapist's advice, entering into a new relationship or not. Most of them don't work out. Tell the person that you're dating where you're at. Tell the person that who's interested in you that you got out of kind of a rocky one and you're going to take it slow and you're a little nervous. Lay your cards on the table, but then go for it. Do what you feel is right in your heart and your gut. You listen to your therapist. You took it. You know. You, you, you thought about what he had to say. Now you get to make up your own mind. Hey Dan, I'm a 23 year old um, straight-ish female, and I am really interested in this awesome guy who is newly single, coming out of a kind of complicated relationship. But um, that's beside the point. Um, he's newly single, and kind of all my friends who know him, or at least three other girls, are all interested in him. And I've kind of um, become a front runner, basically, in that, like, I know he's interested in me, and I know that um, that he has feelings for me. We've, you know, kind of, quote-unquote, hooked up a couple times. But um, I guess I'm just wondering... Um, I want to I want to impress him in this sack. I know that I'm a good lay. I know what I'm good at, but oftentimes I don't pull out all the stops, and I think that this is a guy that I need to pull out all the stops on to kind of cement myself as the worthy candidate to not date but sleep with um, and kind of make him forget about the other women who possibly may be interested in him. Um, either way, I finished it in like really vanilla, vanilla bondage. I don't know if you can even call it bondage, but um, sort of, you know, like the scarves tied around the wrist um, to the bedpost and um, blindfolding and, you know, a little bit, uh, some um, light scratching and consensual hitting or I don't know. Either way, um, my question is, is this something that can be introduced maybe without without talking about it right away? Um, I'm just trying to think of ways to pull out all the stops to maybe do something hot, blindfold, time up, you know, when when the sex actually happens and kind of go from there, work the dick, rock the top while he's blindfolded and tied up. Um, I'm thinking that would be really hot. I don't know how he would feel about it. Um, is it something that I should just introduce as it comes, or is this more like of a third or fourth time we fuck that I bring this up? Um, I talked to one of my friends, and she said that it's more of like a second or third time bonage. I'm thinking, let's. I'm just going to do it right away. So we've been doing this for almost four years, three, four years, and this is our first call from a contestant on The Bachelor. Uh, I'm not sure how this sort of competitive bachelorette sex thing works exactly, but I, I know a bit about how bondage works and you can't spring it on somebody. You kind of need their consent, uh, and tying somebody up without their cooperation is difficult. So you will have to talk about it unless you want to put like a Catwoman net in your bedroom that scoops him up when he walks in. You're going to have to talk about it to him with your mouth, kind of like you talked about it with me. 
because there's a chance that he might not want to be tied up. There's a chance that he might prefer vanilla intercourse. There's a chance, and hopefully it's a good chance, that he doesn't regard sex as some sort of competition reality show where he pits all these women against each other to see who can really knock his socks off in the sack and then decides who he likes best. I agree with your friend that kink is probably not a first bonage act that you really kind of need to get a feel for somebody and where they're at, uh, particularly if you don't know going in that you're both kinky. I would encourage you uh, to have the sex that you're good at with him and that you enjoy and that you have some finesse and not to fake a person that you're not. Perhaps you're honestly interested in BDSM and bondage and scratching and light hurting in which case you can broach that subject and you don't have to do it in a clinical like therapist's office sort of setting where you, you know, as I've said, trot it out like it's a disease that you need to disclose. You can do it in a sexy way as you guys are swapping stories and your histories and your interests after you establish that you have a basic sexual connection and rapport. Don't spring this bullshit on him, particularly for the bullshit reasons that you cite. Um, I have a question here. I've been in a relationship for a really long time, and I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of burnt out sexually, and I want to try something new. Um, my boyfriend is totally not into it, though. Um, like, one of the things I was really wanting to try is um, having him, like, fuck my armpit and then come in my nose, and then I would kind of spit it out. Like, I don't know, that sounds probably really weird, but, like, it's just really hot to me. And, like, I would also, like, want to finger him and then rub on his nipples. He says that's gay. But I'm like, look, I'm a hot chick. Like, I don't even look like a man, you know? I don't think that's gay at all. Like, I just want to do it. But he's completely adamant about it. He doesn't want to do either of those things um, for me. And it's just taking a toll. And I don't know what to do. Like, should I tell him that, you know, I'm going to have to cheat on him? Because, like, these are needs for me, and I want to get these met. So I don't know what to do. Should I cheat on him or should... We start going to, you know, sex therapy or, <laughs> I don't know, like, it's been, like, two weeks I've been asking him, and he's just completely, like, no, because we've never done anything weird before like that. So I just want, like, I don't know, like, should I break up with him or what? You're bullshitting us, right? This coming in my nose thing? Come on. Um, you well, really want him you to like... blow, you really want him to blow a load into your sinuses? Well, I just, I mean, like, I, I'm really attracted to really, like, the things that nobody's ever, like, done before, ever thought of before, and, and, you know, I, I'd never, ever heard of this, and I came up with it, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, I came up with this. But maybe no one's ever heard of it or done it before, because it's just not sexy. <laughs> like, if your standard is no one's ever done it before makes it sexy, I can understand well, perhaps well, arriving there. it doesn't have there. to be a whole load, you know, it can be, like, a fourth of one, or, or however much it takes for me to, you know pull away, you know? To pull away? Mm-hmm. Like, if he puts it in and it's, like, too much, I'll just be like, oh, my God, you know, pull away, but... So you want to... And then you're going to inhale it and spit it out? That's kind of what I was thinking. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've done that before, like, on accident, you know? I was like... You've inhaled cum um, through your nose on accident and spit it out your mouth? No, not with, not with cum, but with, like, you know, like... Cocaine? Food, what? Like, gummy bears, you know? You've I, accidentally inhaled a gummy bear through your nose? Well, parts of it, you know. Yeah, I have. How? How does that happen? Well, my, uh, there's a lot of gummy bears in my life, in my house. My boyfriend eats them by the wee fistful. 
And he's never like landed face. I, I don't mean to shame you about your sexual interest. God forbid. I'm just curious. Well, one time, like I, I was in a car and we were at like a park. And I was a little bit drunk, and my friend um, just jokingly, um, like, kind of shoved part of a gummy bear up my nose, and I ended up inhaling it, and it it was it was pretty painful. Um, but it ended up coming out of my mouth, like into my mouth. Wow! So it wasn't an accident; it was assault. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> I mean, there was some intentionality in there somewhere. He, the person, intentionally shoved a gummy bear up your nose. Well. Are, yeah, are you some that's, sort of? That's... Are you a nose fetishist? There are nose fetishists out there. People who have erotic fixations, attachments to the nose. You know what? I was actually kind of thinking it might be because, like, I always like to, you know, bite my friend's nose and everything, and um, I always ask him to bite mine, and you know, he's like, he's not into it, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. How long have you guys been together? To We've been together for about three years now. Okay, and does he have kinks and weirdnesses that you indulge? Um, let's see. You know what? He's really, not not really. He's pretty just, pretty pretty vanilla, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, he does like for me to, like, suck his toes. But other than that, it's not... Well, good for him. It seems to me that there's an easier way to get, you know, come up your nose than the fuck my armpit, then come in my nose. Uh, well, how do you? How would you think? Like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Well, like, there's... Think it'd be kind of cool to do you, Perhaps you've heard of this, the, the facial... There's a lot of complaints uh, out there from women who've had loads blown on their faces that they get come up their nose, not on purpose, mm. and they don't like mm. it. And if he mm. was blowing nose, blowing loads on your face and you were inhaling at the time mm-hmm. through your nose, the odds that some of it might go up into your sinuses are pretty extremely high. Hmm. Okay, I never thought of that, because I think he would be down with that. I really do. I think he would be cool with that. Well, you might want to toss that. You might want to take the armpit out of the, you know, one crazy, obscure, random kink at a time. He thinks what? He thinks I'm a freak for that. He really does. For wanting, you want to put a stick under your arm and then clamp your arm down on it while he fucks? Yeah. Yeah. You know, any fold will do uh, when it comes to to friction and grease. Uh, You know, that's kind of fun nuts. I'm sure if you went online, you'd find armpit fetish porn and sites where that is exactly what people enjoy doing. And it's not that rare because, you know, the armpit is a fetishized location Mm -hmm. on the human body. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm not so uh, amazed by that, nor should he be. I'm kind of thinking I'll t- talk to him about that. And I mean, if he's if you're giving him a hand job, blow job, where you have your fist wrapped around his dick and you're bobbing up and down on his dick, and he starts to come, when he starts to come, you can pull his dick out of your mouth and point it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. You can point it in your armpit. You can point it up your nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might, since he's already said he doesn't want to do that, if you just initiate it without his consent, he might regard that as kind of a violation Right. Of his sacred, sacred, sanctified sperm mills. But, you know, that happens. Come mm-hmm. goes up the nose. Come gets into all sorts of places it's not supposed to be. You have to decide, you know, the larger issue here is, do you want to be in a relationship with somebody who is unwilling to accommodate your otter requests? And if odd requests, if your turn on is, I want to do something that no one else has ever heard of, not even that Dan Savage weirdo, if that's your big turn on and you want that to be a regular part of your sex life over the decades, he might not mm-hmm. be the best long-term partner. If he's extremely vanilla and ungiving and, you know, not GGG, he might not be the best partner for you. Right, right. 
But you well, gotta give them, you give them a chance. You know what you do in those situations is people resist and say they don't wanna, and then you you know, but they will revisit that decision if they realize it could cost them the relationship. You don't want people who are consenting to shit under duress that makes them cry at night in the fetal position. But sometimes people uh, are capable of more sexually and will enjoy more sexually than they thought they were capable of or would enjoy because a partner, you know, desire to be with somebody in particular led them to places they didn't think they could get. Yeah, that's happened to me before, too. And, you know, I'm thinking what I'll do is, you know, I'll see if he's cool with the, you know, whole facial thing and maybe um, me pointing it where I want it, you know, and, and like, but just try it out with him. And if he's still not cool with that, you know, I just think the relationship's just not going to fly, you know? I guarantee you, though, that guys other than him are going to be taken aback by this request. It took me aback. Really? Well, I mean, not it, it, you know, it didn't make me throw up, but I was like, mm-hmm. what? I didn't believe you. I mean, I believe you now after <laughs> talking to you. I thought the call was bullshit. But, I, you know, now, you know, sussing you out, it does seem like you have a nose thing that yeah. is real and you need to embrace, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, maybe I'll just go on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably find somebody on there. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you could find several hundred thousand people on there who would be willing to accommodate you. Oh, boy. Uh, several hundred thousand people who might be willing to dismember you also, but some <laughs> might be right. to accommodate you. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're Bye. really helping me out. Hi, Dan. I have a question regarding HPV. I've been trying to look online, and I called a couple of STD hotlines, and they're generally been unhelpful. Long story short, there's this guy that I really like, and he's done everything that you're supposed to. He has told me that he has HPV, and I think he also occasionally gets general work, but did not get real specific. He says it shows up sometimes, and then he knows. Um, And I don't want to get it if I don't have it myself. I'm older than 26, which means that the vaccines that are available, I don't think I can get them. I might be able to. I'm not sure. So could you just give me some general help with how to prevent getting HPV if your partner already has it? I know that, as you always talk about, there's always sex risk with sex, and, and there's always a question of what you're willing to give and take. And I really like this guy, and I would really like to continue having a relationship with him. And I want to do everything right. Well, the CDC recommends that women up to age 26 get the HPV vaccine. So you're free to go and get the HPV vaccine. There's nothing preventing you, particularly if you haven't been exposed. But if you're sexually active and have been prior to this guy, your odds of having been exposed already are really high. HPV exposure is really common. Uh, Most people never have a symptom and most people, even if they've had an outbreak, had warts or or symptoms, um, shed the virus and are fine. So it's not that big a deal. It depends – your decision on whether to be sexually active with this guy depends on – you know, your capacity for risk, your willingness to accept a certain degree of risk, even with condoms, uh, the odds that you will be exposed to HPV are high. Condoms don't protect uh, necessarily from HPV exposure. It can decrease your risk, but not eliminate your risk. Factoring into your decision is which strains of HPV he has are the strains that the vaccine uh, 
works against. Also, are that the strains that contribute to cervical cancer and other uh, hugely consequential issues for women. But ultimately, you have to look at this guy and think, do I like him enough that I want to take this risk? You may reject this guy who's been honest about his uh, status as exposed to HPV and move on to another guy or a series of guys who know they're infected and aren't disclosing or don't know they're infected so can't disclose. It's really almost impossible to avoid HPV out there in the wild when you're sexually active. I would hate to see this guy really penalized for his honesty uh, and for acquainting you with the risks. And then you move on to a guy who's either dishonest or unaware uh, of the risk that he poses to you. Hi, Dan. I'm 38. been with my wife for about 20 years. A few months ago, I was out of the country and I had this interaction with a female coworker that I see a few times a year. What happened was, it's my last night over there, we socialized with coworkers, and then it's time for bed. So I said, it was great working with you as always. Too bad we won't get to do it again for another six months or so. I gave her a friendly hug, and somehow the hug lasted, I don't know, eight or ten seconds, which is kind of a long time for a hug between friendly coworkers at 4 a.m. when one of them's married. It caught me by surprise because I felt like something was going on. Eventually it did end, and I took the risk of being honest, and I said, that lasted a while. I feel like maybe there was a moment there. And she said, yeah, I think there was. Now, I was staggered by this. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. This woman is a couple years older than I am, single, very successful, sophisticated, incredibly attractive. I never in a million years imagined a woman other than my wife showing this kind of interest in me. So we talked about it. I said, I'm flattered and I'm tempted, but I'm married. And he said, of course, I would never violate someone's relationship. And basically, I was in a hotel room for about an hour. We hugged a few more times, we held hands, and we talked, but that was it. I mean, I was very tempted, and I think something could have happened if I'd let it, but I stayed strong, we said a whistle goodbye, and I flew home. As far as my wife goes, I love her dearly. The only thing I don't like about our relationship is we're not very intimate. Because of kids and work and our busy lives, we have sex maybe once every two or three weeks, which is not enough for me. But even things that aren't directly sexual are missing. There's not enough hugging, kissing... When she passes behind me in the kitchen, I close my eyes and anticipate a pat on the ass or her fingers dragging across my back, but it almost never happens. And Sometimes uh, it's like I go in for a peck on the lips and she kind of rolls her eyes and offers me her cheek. I don't blame her for this stuff because life is stressful and hard and she's not always in the mood to be lovey, but that doesn't make it any less painful for me. So it's been a few months since that night with a coworker, and we exchange email a few times a week, work-related, but generally flirtatious, and now it looks like I have to head back over there for work. I don't know if I have the strength to do the right thing again. Uh, I know your views on monogamy, but I also know you advocate honesty above all else. I know my wife pretty well, and if, if I fucked up and stepped out, there's no way I would tell her. She'd be completely devastated, probably divorce me. We have two kids. Dishonesty is very bad, but telling her would be worse. So uh, I never thought I was a cheating kind of guy, but I never had the opportunity before. And now part of me wants to cheat because this woman is amazing and I'm lonely. But part of me hates myself for even thinking in those terms. I'm sure I sound like a pathetic asshole, but I'm really torn up over this. Can you offer me any advice? I tried to find support online, like a group for people who are tempted to stray but trying to stay strong, but everything I find is religious, and that is not my bag at all. I hope you can offer me some sage wisdom, Dan, because I have none myself. Something did happen. 
I think your wife would regard you being, I believe you were alone with this woman for a while in a hotel room. You hugged, you held hands, you had a moment. Sounds like you had a series of moments and you really walked right up to the line and then didn't. And the the reasons you didn't were admirable. Uh, You love your wife. uh, You want to take your vows seriously. I do think that this is a moment where a little brutal honesty and a little conflict and a little heat uh, and hopefully light is called for. And you could go to the wife and say, I never imagined myself being the kind of person who cheats. Here's what happened. And here's why it happened. I miss our connection. And I know stress, work, kids. I miss that kind of feeling. And I don't want to have that kind of feeling for other women. I want to have that kind of feeling for you. And then just unpack you know, her reaction when you try to kiss, the, the, the lack of just fleeting moments of physical intimacy in your life uh, and in your lives together and your connection and, and how that's kind of breaking down your bond to her, but also your perhaps ability to resist temptation should it present itself. And just throw that on the table. Uh, and you've done nothing wrong yet. I think – a heads up to the wife that uh, wrong is in your future, particularly if you guys don't reestablish, restore, rebuild your bond sexually, physically, intimately is something that your wife needs to be made aware of. And it might freak her the fuck out for the good might freak her the fuck out. I don't know if I'd give her the full truth, the alone part in the hotel room, the holding hands part in the hotel room, the uh, series of hugs. I think that would make any person uh, suspicious that you, you weren't being told the, the whole truth. If you tell her the whole truth, she's not going to believe she's been told the whole truth. If you tell her all of that, she's going to assume that sex happened and you're just leaving that out uh, because you don't want to explode your marriage. And then get your asses to a, a marriage counselor. You've identified the problem. You've identified you know, potential really negative consequences for your family, for your marriage, for your kids. And you should get your asses to a marriage counselor who can – Help you guys talk it out. Find a sex-positive marriage counselor. It can't be a marriage counselor who heaps all of the abuse and all the blame on the guy and where they, they make a list of all the things you're doing wrong and then you fix those things and then magically the next time you go, there's a list of additional things you're doing wrong that must be fixed. La, la, la. You need to have an honest conversation with a marriage counselor who regards your desire for sex and intimacy as legitimate and as something that you kind of have a right to expect in a marriage. Perhaps your wife isn't interested in sex anymore. That happens to a lot of women, post-kids, post-20, after 20 years. Maybe you're doing something wrong or maybe she's just not interested or maybe the stresses are getting to her and and killing her libido and you guys need to figure out a way to reorder your home life so it's less stressful and more pleasurable. If she's not interested in sex anymore, that's also something you need to be able to have an honest conversation about. And if it's happening once every two weeks, I would say that she is still interested in sex. It does sound like circumstance and uh, daily life pressures are the problem, not uh, her lack of a libido. Because the people who are married 20 years with kids, stressful lives that I hear from constantly who quote unquote aren't having much or any sex, the sex is annual, biannual or never, not a couple of times a month. That's pretty regular – sexual activity 20 years in and kids in to a marriage. Anyway, this is just all idle speculation at this point. The person you need to chat with, the person we need to chat with, and by we I mean you and your sex therapist once you land one, is the wife. She needs to know um, how close 
to uh, adultery, uh, you are coming, and you know the storm clouds that are on the horizon, uh, so that you guys can repair your relationship, restore your bond, so that you can be happy and satisfied, and that she can be happy and satisfied. You know, if she's turning her head and grimacing, she has complaints. She has issues that perhaps she's afraid to unpack or reveal because she worries about the damage that will be done if she's fully honest. So really seize the moment for a little blistering uh, full disclosure, a little honesty, and see where you're at. Hey, Dan. My name is Bo. Um, here's what I'm thinking about. A friend of mine recently pointed out to me, we were discussing uh, – how Marilyn Manson talked about how re- removing a rib so he could go down on himself and all these ridiculous things. And I've known a few people who can indeed go down on themselves. And what was pointed out to me, and I agree, is that when you are sucking your own dick, it is a lot more like having a dick in your mouth than having a mouth on your dick. So, um, so for, for me, I'm a straight guy. And so, you know, I wouldn't be all that into that. However, here's my question for you. Obviously, there are some people that enjoy having a dick in their mouth. So, could someone who could suck their own dick potentially enjoy the feeling of having a dick in their mouth being their own dick, even more so than just having a mouth on their own dick? And what I'm thinking here, I mean, if it's just like a tiny little deal, then, you know, that's fine. But if it's like a magnum, if it's pretty solid, if it is prime time, then at that point, I mean, you would like, you know, choke yourself on that thing. And like, would you enjoy that as well? I don't know. Just some food for thought. Uh, Thanks very much. Love the podcast. You're a good man. And thorough. Bye-bye. I'm trying to wrap... First, thanks for the food for thought. I'm trying to wrap my head around... It's a lot more like having a dick in your mouth than having your mouth on a dick. That's kind of a textbook definition of a distinction without a difference. It's more like having a dick in your mouth than having your mouth on a dick. Well, huh? Look, giving yourself a blowjob is no gayer really than giving yourself a hand job. There may be people who, uh, you know, like, you know, certainly lots of gay men and lots some women not as many, like to give blowjobs, love to give blowjobs. It's their favorite thing. And perhaps some guys who can autofillate who love to give blowjobs, it becomes this supplement, uh, this meal replacement therapy, perhaps, to stick with the food for thought metaphor. But I don't know because I, uh, unfortunately, am not that limber. I'm too tall and too long in the back uh, to reach. So I'm just going to toss this one out there to the auto fillators out there. Is it more like having a dick in your mouth, guys, than having your mouth on a dick? A, a question that I can't quite figure out. But, you know, maybe you've had to have auto filleted to understand the premise of the question. So we're just going to throw this one out there to the auto fillators, straight and gay. How does it feel? How do you experience it? What does it mean? What's the diff? And for the gay auto fillators, does it become this perfect little gay experience and for you straight auto fillators is it just a masturbatory experience comparable to giving yourself a hand job 206-201-2720 we're going to leave it there with that shout out call out to the auto fillators in the savage love community 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast give us a call with a comment or a question 
Leave a callback number in case we want to reach you. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. You can also have the Savage Love Letter of the Day delivered directly to your phone if you go to the iTunes store and purchase the Savage Love app. It's only a buck ninety nine, and it's available now. And everyone who listens to the sound of my voice should run out and get the app. It is the product of much hard work by the tech savvy at Rescues, and they're really proud of it. They want you to see it. 206-201-2720. Oh, and uh, the tech savvy at Rescues pointed out earlier that who am I to accuse them of getting long in the tooth when I am trotting out Logan's Run references at the top of the show? That's the crystal bleeping in the hand, and then you have to go to the arena and be exploded. Uh, they pointed out that perhaps most of my listeners don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So please go to YouTube and uh, look up Logan's Run. You can watch all sorts of clips. It features Michael York in his fucking rhyme before he became a right-wing nutjob. Michael York was the most beautiful man alive in the 70s. It also features uh, Farrah Fawcett, an important bondage-themed role. So you want to check that film out, all you youngins out there? And me and the tech-savvy... Not quite as youthful at risk youth. We'll be back at you next week. Another installment of Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.